Friends, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church. My name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here. On behalf of all of us, uh, whether you're with us today because you are every Sunday except when there's a hurricane, or whether you are visiting with us for the very first time, welcome. We're glad that you could be here today. Uh, as we get started for worship today, we have a number of announcements that I want to highlight for you. The first of which, though, is to say that all of us gathered, whether in person or online, when we worship, we do so using words and songs that are printed for you and also will be displayed so that you know how to follow along. Uh, it's important that we all know how we do that together. Um, we have a couple things that I want to highlight for you. Uh, the first of which is that today is called Family Sunday, right? And so this is an experiment that you all were trying pre-COVID for a while. But the, the goal of today is in some ways to turn off our particular ministries for children uh, so that we can all worship together for the entirety of the service, right? This is an experiment. Uh, it seemed really fruitful in the past. We wanted to bring it back. Um, when we gather as, like, why are we doing this, right? So the church is a gathering of difference, not sameness, right? And when we gather, we're a family. And it's true that as a family, we all have different needs. And so sometimes we find ways to meet those needs with different kinds of programs. But it's also good for the family to be all together because we see and we hear things differently. That's true of the Bible in general. Anytime that you read it with other people, whether they're reading it for the first time or they come from a different background, when you read it with other people, you notice different things. And there's a little bit more of who God is that is revealed to us. And so our hope is that by on the fifth Sunday of each month, when we gather like this, that, that can do that for all of us. So it's a little bit... Is that a little much? Let's try that, see if that's better. Um, so one of the ways that we're going to do that, that I want to highlight for you, if you look at your bulletin, is we have some arrows added for worship today, right? I don't know if you've ever had this, but you, have you ever accidentally turned on the paragraph formatting in your Word document, and you get all those blue little things, and whenever that happens to me, it's like, I don't know how I did that, and I don't know how to make it go away. This is a little bit like that, except we know how to turn it back off again. The point is that when we worship, it's a dialogue. We are saying some things. God is saying some things. We add these arrows to help all of us remember who is speaking, right? So the arrows help us know if these are words that God is saying to us, or if these are words that we're saying to each other, or if these are words that we are saying to God. So that's one way that we can help all of us remember together what's happening in worship. The other is that we have this little insert sheet for you guys. So if you, no matter what age you are, would find this helpful as you worship today, feel free to look at those questions, answer any of them that you would like to. The last thing I want to say about that is that today, because it's a family worship service, we expect some extra wiggles and some extra noise and some extra movement. If you are finding you need help, with little ones to find a different place or to take a break, you're welcome to use the seating area in the back or out here in the fellowship hall as well. Uh, okay, speaking of learning and growing together, I told you there was a lot, right? So stay with me. Welcome, that's all of you. Family Sunday, that's today. Looking ahead, learning and growing together. It, we're about to start the new ministry year. Schools are restarting. Lots of new energy about things are going. Starting on September 12th, we're going to be adding something to our 
worship life on Sundays, an opportunity for our kids and uh, our school-age children to be learning um, some catechism together, and also an opportunity for us, uh, as those who participate in the worship life, to gather for sermon discussion. So we're going to be doing that at 11 a.m. Uh, after church on Sundays. This is another experiment that we'll be trying. We'll have more information for, the, for you about that later. Just want to let you know since that's not so far away. Uh, the final thing to highlight for you is that ministries are starting, which is very exciting. And today we wanted to lift up to you a couple of those that will be starting in the next few weeks. And so I want to welcome uh, Anna, who leads Coffee Break, and Scott and Ruth, who lead Cadets and Gems, and Annika, who leads our, our youth and family ministries. And the bike, is it on? Yeah, I can hear me. Good morning. I'm Anna Bloom, and I'd like to share a little bit about Coffee Break, which is an informal community Bible study for women. Studying the Bible with others is an important part of growing in our Christian life, which uh, Pastor Matthew just mentioned. The women who come to Coffee Break have been blessed by the studies we do, and some women in our community have been coming for many years. Last year, we met on Zoom due to COVID, and we had the opportunity to invite women from other states to join in, so that was a new twist. If Coffee Break sounds like something you'd be interested in, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, we meet Fellowship Hall on Tuesday mornings from 9.30 to 11, beginning September 7. We'll start with the movie, A Matter of Faith, and the following week, we're gonna begin study, studying Joshua, I Will Be With You. Coffee Break is looking for small group leaders. Leaders mostly ask questions and guide women to figure out for themselves what the Bible is saying. Leaders meet separately on uh, Thursday mornings via Zoom to prepare. Again, Coffee Break meets on Tuesday mornings from 9.30 to 11, beginning September 7. If you have any questions or if you're interested in being a leader, please come see me in the fellowship hall after the service. Finally, I want to take this time to thank all of you who have, who have volunteered your time over the years for Coffee Break. You know who you are. Thank you. Hi, my name is Ruth Gibbons. Um, I help lead GEMS with Erin Meager. Um, GEMS is a ministry for girls in uh, grades first through fifth grade. We meet twice a month on Wednesdays and spend our time with the Bible lesson. We do Pledge of Allegiance and reciting our theme verse, and we meet in small groups to complete badges and do crafts. We're always looking for volunteers to lead in music, um, teach a craft, or teach a new skill. Um, from facial care to woodworking, the girls love to go in the woodworking shop. It's very fun to them to do. They think it's really cool. We hope to again return to our server projects at the retirement home. We've been off of um, doing those due to COVID. Um, we also thank you for your years, 60 plus years of support, of um, support of GEMS. It used to be called Calvinettes, as many of you know. Um, we have a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall for girls and we'll send out registration forms and dates via email as, um, Erin has all those things and she was unable to come today. And we also have the magazines for girls who are here today. They can pick one up and take one home. And if any of you want to look at the badge books and see what the girls are doing, you are more than welcome to do so. That's pretty much all I have for today. But thank you for all who have volunteered in the past. And we always love to see our former Gems and Calvinettes come and say hi.
Thank you, Pastor. So I've invited uh, one of our junior cadets, Ben, is going to give us a hand with a few uh, things. But cadet starts um, along with midweek and in a week and a half here at church and the evenings. Cadets is a scouting ministry focused on boys in grades one through six. And we do a lot of activities. So Ben, can you tell us some of the activities we've done the last? Actually, how long have you been with us for cadets? Two years. And what are some of the activities that we've done in cadets? Um, we've done the Pinewood Derby, the Snow Derby, um, and that in campouts. And what, what's a Pinewood Derby, just in case people don't know? What kind of things are that? We build cars and we race them on a track. And how did that go for you? How did your car do this past year? Um, pretty good. <laughs> I, think, I think he actually won one of our trophy awards. His car did so well. Yep. And uh, a few of the other things that we do are hikes and kayaking. If you saw some of the pictures running uh, ahead of time, we have these Quest magazines for boys. We like to do campouts and hikes and outdoor activities, but we also do badge work and indoor activities. And we have kind of a motto every year, which is living for Jesus and a verse that goes along with that. But each year we also have a special theme that we focus on. So. I know that this is kind of small to read, but I'm going to ask Ben, because we talked about this at our camp out. Ben, what is our theme for this year? God's in control. So our theme this year is God's in control. So that doesn't mean that nothing bad ever happens to us, but it does mean that God helps us through that, loves us, and supports us along the way when these things happen. So I want to thank you for your help, Ben. Ben is a junior cadet. He has a uniform. I have a more standard cadet uniform for some of the older boys. We had trouble getting these down in some of the sizes for first, second, and third graders, so we made the switch a few years ago. So if you have any questions, want to sign up or know anyone that's interested, um, whether they're from your family, your neighbor, your school, your cousin, anyone, uh, we, we don't care. <laughs> Pass the word and, and uh, get them in touch with us one way or the other. Thank you very much. I think I'm the last of the commercials. But these are important commercials because these help us become more part of the family of God. And so I'm, I'm privileged to be here. Youth group, we're starting. We're excited to be starting. Middle school youth group uh, will once again be offered for a sixth through eighth graders. There is a little overlap there where some of the sixth graders might opt to be in cadets or gems or with middle school youth group. Whatever you decide is fine. We are just so thrilled to have the opportunity to walk aside your families and to, uh, to love on your kids and, and introduce them to Jesus. So uh, middle school youth group, sixth through eighth grade, starts midweek, September 8th. There are schedules out in the fellowship hall. Make sure you stop by, grab one today. Um, we're excited. We're going to be returning to Berea this year after having to take some time off from that because of COVID. Um, we're excited. High school youth group is also returning back a little bit more towards the schedule that we used to have where we are starting with a kickoff retreat slash camp out this year. This coming, uh, not this coming weekend, two weekends from now, uh, February, uh, <laughs> pregnancy brain. I just heard three people say pregnancy brain all at the same time. All right, people, September 11 through 12, um, it will be our kickoff camp out for our high school youth group. And then we'll be starting to have our Sunday morning breakfast with that bacon smell wafting up from downstairs. 
uh, starting on September 19. So we are excited for that. Um, in addition, we are going back to open door this year. Last year we took off the year from normal open door and instead offered the remote learning support for our open door families. Um, so we are restarting that program, rebooting that program. We do have need for volunteers, particularly when said baby comes um, and I'm out on maternity leave. If you have any interest in that, please come talk to myself or Diane Williams, who's our open door coordinator. We would love to get you plugged in and get your help. Guys, let's worship God together. Touch you with a lot of information. I know that you don't have to have it all memorized, so take a deep breath. You can find out more at the table in the entryway. We'll have more news or talk to one of the leaders as well. Deep breath. So, friends, uh, those are lots of ways that we can get involved, but today the good news is that when we gather for church, we don't have to bring anything. God has done all of the work for us. And so, friends, would you rise? It's God who calls us, as our little down arrow says. All right, before we begin the call to worship, please stand, but I would love to see kids come up. We have some songs that we're doing motions for. Um, he's got the whole world in his hands, so kids or any kids at heart, um, if some adults want to come join us, um, we're going to take a step up. So you can stand up here, you can stand here. Um, I'm going to do the motions. Well, we're all doing the motions, so if you want to watch, um, that would be awesome. Well, why don't we start the call to worship while maybe some kids come? Friends to the weary, the worn out, and the lost, Jesus said, Come to me, all you are burdened, and I will give you rest. Friends to the small, the scared, and to the heavy-hearted, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, Friends, we come to worship God with our faith and our doubts, our hopes and our fears. And through the Spirit, Jesus comes to us now, bringing rest for our souls. Come, Lord Jesus. We are very thankful, God, that you want us to come and worship you. We know that you are listening to us when we sing and when we pray. And we know that you will bless us before we leave. Thank you, God. Amen. Please join us in singing This Is My Father's World, followed by He's Got the Whole World in His Hands.
That was an awesome job. I'm going to call you up in a little while again if you can help me with one more song. But you can go and sit with your parents now if that's okay. Thanks again. Thanks, Kate. Oops. He's got the whole world in his hands. God is in control. Um, and he's holy and he's worthy of our praise. But so often, um, we've probably come, we've been um, at fault this um, week. We haven't lived as we should have. We've said things we didn't mean to say, and we didn't say things that we should have said. We need um, the time of confession, a time to come to our God and just say, I'm sorry, Lord. Would you join me in this prayer of confession? Dear Jesus, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Please forgive my disobedience. I want to be a Christian in my actions. Please forgive my bad choices. I want to be a Christian in my words. Please forgive the mean things I say. I want to be a Christian in my whole life. Please continue in silent confession. And you can also sit down. I apologize. Hear these words of encouragement from John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that 
whosoever believes in him may not perish, but may have everlasting life. This is good news, friends. Thanks be to God. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Church, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. I'd like everyone to collectively stand. Now, I'm not sure which camera might be panned on the group here, but I know we have some folks worshiping at home. Now, we can't shake their hand or give them a hug if you want to, but from a distance, can we greet those, turn and greet those, look at a camera, and greet those that are home worshiping with us? Now take a moment, please, to greet each other as well. again. I have the privilege of leading us in prayer this morning. And when 
I was a little younger, I probably would have referred to this part of the service as that long, boring prayer. Why do we bother to pray a long, boring prayer in the middle of our service? As you looked at the arrows in our bulletin, we hear that God has gathered us. He is talking to us. And then he invites us to a time of renewal. And in just a minute, we're also going to hear the word from God. And that's that downward arrow that you see from word. But these morning prayers is our time to talk back to God a little bit. To, to, to continue the conversation in a really, really direct way. And so we're going to do that together. It's a privilege that I get to lead us in that. Before we do, I'm going to have us do something a little bit different. Just because it's Family Sunday and I'm allowed to do things a little bit differently. Because part of what we do in these prayers is we talk to God about what we, as a congregation, as a family really need from him, the peace that we need from him, the the people that we're concerned about. And we know that in your own homes, wherever you are, you probably talk to God about stuff that is important to your family. Maybe you have a cousin who's sick. Maybe you're really anxious about going back to school this week. Parents, maybe you're really praying for something specific with your kids. Grandparents, you have been praying for a long time. Your list is probably pretty long. So right here in this room, we're going to have a little bit of holy hubbub. Again, this is a little weird. But I want you to turn to your family. And if you're saying, hold up, I'm here all alone. This is my first time visiting. Don't worry. This is a family church. Someone will turn to you. Okay? And I want you to share a prayer request that your family has. So if it's in your family or someone next to you, go ahead, holy hubbub, share a prayer request that you as a family are praying about. What a beautiful noise. Don't let me cut you off if you're still sharing. That's okay. There's going to be a point in our prayer today where I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer out loud. And, and it doesn't have to be a sentence. It can, be say, it can say a name. It can say a word. You know, if, if there's a lot of anxiety about something, just say the word anxiety. That's great. God knows exactly what you're talking about. And the people you were just talking to know what you're talking about because you just talked about it. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to say that word out loud all together. All these words are going to blend together. Nobody's going to hear anything. But because our God is so big and so good, he's going to hear it all. All right? 
In addition, some of the prayer requests that we're going to be praying about as a church community. Um, we're going to continue to pray for Henny Kuiper, Henny Kay, um, and the treatment she's receiving and the healing that she's pursuing. Um, for Carol L., she had arm surgery this week and is recovering. For Jen B., who has been released from the hospital and has been doing some rehab at a Care One facility and hoping to go home shortly. And for Carol H., who has surgery this coming Tuesday for her cancer. Let's go to our God in prayer. Loving God, we love the beautiful world you have made. The sun and clouds, the seas and mountains, plants and animals. Thank you for making us a part of your family and for giving us our own families. Help us to love each other as you love us. Thank you for people who love us and take care of us. We pray for the people who need help. For Honey, and Carol L, Jen, and Carol H. For everyone who is sick or scared, we know you heal better than any doctor on earth. Give your strength to everyone who is suffering. And Lord, we pray for all those things that you know about that are going on in our families and are in our homes. Lord, in a little bit of holy hubbub, we lift these up to you now. Be with us, Lord. Help us to have faith that you care about all of these things. Help us to pray in our own families and in our own homes, even when life is chaotic and when family dinner turns into grabbing a bite of food on the go. Lord, keep us safe and healthy and help us to enjoy being with each other. Or this week we think about back to school and I pray for all those whose schedules are shifting as they head back to school. For our little ones who are encountering school for the first time. For our elementary and middle school students as they head back to classrooms. Maybe for the first time in a while because of how COVID has played out, Lord. Lord, help us to be ready to make new friends and to experience new things. Lord, for our, our middle school and high school students who will have new pressures put on them this year, Lord, we pray that you would come alongside them, give them what they need when they need it. We pray for our college students who have all returned as they get into new rhythms and new responsibilities. We pray that you would help them with their time management and their decision making and help provide them with friendships and a community that supports and loves them. Lord, we pray for our parents, some of those parents who have dropped off those college students and are resisting the urge to text them every 10 minutes to find out just how it's going. And for the parents of preschool students who are more concerned about how the potty training is going to hold up, Lord, 
There's such a range. But you're, you're with us all. Lord, we thank you for our teachers, for giving us all kinds of people to teach us, parents, grandparents, and friends. But Lord, for those school teachers, make them excited about what they teach. Make us all excited about learning, particularly learning more about you. And in this time of COVID, when there's so many questions, when masks bring about friction and division, Lord, we pray that you would keep us all safe, but you would also keep us all united, that we would be able to see you through any policy or any argument that is made, that, that through the haze of those things, we would be able to keep our eyes locked on you and what you have for us this year. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all the people who help us every day. Lead our government leaders to make good decisions. Keep our firefighters, police officers, and other people who work to keep our town safe. We thank you for our military, and we pray for those troops who were lost in Afghanistan this week. We pray for the people of Afghanistan, that they too would be able to pursue education and a start of a school year. Lord, we pray for peace. It sounds so amazing, but we know that you are an amazing God. Bless each of us. You are the great shepherd who loves us. Help us to know you will always give us everything we need and help us to be happy with what we have. Continue to watch over us. Teach us to live for you at all the times. Help us to grow in your love today as we pray and worship, as we learn from your word, as we share your love with others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. As the um, praise band comes forward, I want to ask the kids to come forward again. We have sign languages, sign language um, for the song, Open Our Eyes, Lord. Um, and I'm, I could use your help.
able, you can turn to Matthew 6, verses 5 to 15, and read along with me. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. The word of the Lord. I noticed that you guys had to sit still for a long time. Why don't we stand up for a second? If you want to stretch, you can. I'm going to say a prayer for us. But we can stand when we pray sometimes, too. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, you are the biggest and the strongest. You always know what the right thing to do is. And you love us so much more than we could possibly understand. Lord, we have so much to learn about this world and about ourselves, and you teach us, and you're here with us now. 
So please come by your Holy Spirit and help us to understand the words that you gave us. We love you. We trust you. Amen. Well said. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, actually. Uh, I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with um, Elizabeth Arden. Anyone? Uh, her perfume or the famous Manhattan salon that went by the same name called the Red Door. Uh, I wasn't at all, actually didn't know anything about that until recently when a journalist named Tara Isabella Burton told me about it. Uh, the Red Door Salon, if you don't know, is in New York, and it was iconic. Right? It was associated with a very particular kind of, of glamour in urban life. To go behind the Red Door was to be part of something very, very exclusive. Right? No doubt getting an appointment was tricky. Recently, though, the Red Door did a rebrand, and now it's called Mind Spa, M-Y-N-D. We have this cultural phenomenon where we like to spell words the wrong way. I don't understand. It's called MIND, M-Y-N-D. And MIND offers to people who step through its doors not glamour, but a self-care and wellness journey. In fact, this is how part of their slogan goes. It goes like this. No matter how you define self-care, at MIND, you can find self-care that you can confidently say is my. Not mine, my. I don't know. It's just... So Tara Isabella Burton, the person who told me about this story, she's actually been there. And she says, that really, they just do your hair. <laughs> they just do your hair. It's just like any other salon. But, but that's not what they're selling, is it? What Burton goes on to point out is the reason that this is important is that what mind is selling is really important. They're not selling glamour or membership among the elite of the elite in society. They're selling spirituality. They're selling wholeness. They're selling health. Friends, it has become a spiritual journey to get your hair done. Or, quite frankly, to go to the grocery store or buy a car. In fact, Burton argues that nowadays people are not really drawn to places that advertise wealth or glamour like we used to, but instead we are drawn to places that will offer us a sense of spiritual reality, of being connected to something whole and good and bigger than us. We want to be connected to spiritual reality. Friends, the world is getting weird, right? Atheists at major universities spent like the last 100 years predicting in books and lectures over and over again that the world was only going to get more secular, right? It's only a matter of time, they kept saying, until religion goes away because we don't need it anymore. And, well, to be honest, those of us who are Christian people, we kind of fell for it. I mean, it put us on the defensive for like a hundred years, too. It actually made us a little paranoid, I think, that any new idea lurked within it the death of God. Well, it turns out the atheists were wrong. It turns out the world is not getting more secular. The world is getting more religious. 
So in a society as lonely and distracted and as spiritually hungry as ours is, why then are we surprised that spiritual wellness has become the hottest commodity out there? What the story of the Red Door Salon says to me is just how desperate we are actually to be connected to something real, something bigger than our mundane reality. We're spending all that time curating a Facebook feed because really we're trying to get noticed by God. Right? We are always on the lookout for a new tweak to our morning routine because we hope it's going to give us that charge to make it through the day. Right? We shop local and we eat healthy, which is good, but we're hungry for something that Vitamix can't blend for us. We're trying to clean eat our way to a more peaceful, centered way to inhabit the world. We are hungry for spiritual reality, hungrier than we realize. I think we're hungrier for God than we let on. Maybe hungry enough to follow an itinerant Jewish rabbi from the first century to a mountainside where he sat down and he gave everyone a sermon about spiritual reality, about what is really real and what God is actually like. We call it the Sermon on the Mount, and at the very center of this sermon, Jesus doesn't just tell us what it's like, he tells us how to connect to it. He teaches us how to pray. It's what Jesus offers to us in these simple words that we teach to children. It's, it's right here, it's the Lord's Prayer, it's the Our Father, as some of us know it. How can that be, we wonder? You can say it in less than a minute, and some of us have known it our whole lives. Yet here it is, the prayer that Jesus gave us. When you pray, this is how you should pray, he said. Or maybe to translate it more simply, when you pray, pray like this. Jesus never meant for us to simply memorize the words. Please do memorize the words. <laughs> but Jesus didn't say pray exactly this or only this. He said pray like this. The words of the Lord's Prayer are meant to stamp their impression on all of our prayers. Teach, Jesus teaches us what to say, but even more that, he's teaching us how to talk to the living God. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This prayer connects us to God, not a God, right? The God, the living God of the universe. We don't come to him saying, though, the sovereign king in heaven, right? We cannot possibly comprehend thy name. And honestly, we are also not coming to God saying, hey there, big guy in the sky, you and I have the same name. No, Jesus says, pray, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. And, and somehow that captures both this sense that God can be known, really known in a relationship of love, but also that God is not like us and does not do things the way that we do. And so there's this balance between a father whom we can trust and a God who sees the world with wisdom and power we simply don't have. And Jesus gives us his name and we come in his name. 
And we ask that his name and his kingdom would become greater and larger here in our house. There's lots of versions of this prayer, right? Um, And in our house, there is a song version of the Lord's Prayer that we sing. uh, And it, it, it translates that line like this. Set the world right. Do what is best as above, so below. Which has helped me so much, right? Because we all know, friends, that in this world, things need to change. But without a sense that God has made the world and loves the world, all of our desires about changing things just become opinions about rearranging the furniture. Because we don't actually know how it's supposed to be. But Jesus says, when you pray, pray that God's will and reign, that God's order for all things would come, and so everything would be set right even us. Friends, are you looking for a way to be sure that God notices you and hears you? Are you ever finding yourself looking for a connection to hope for the world that is not tied to leaders or policies? Then pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here in the same way as it's done in heaven. This prayer connects us to God who gives us his name so we don't have to pray on our own. And and this prayer connects us also to the whole world. Out of joint and longing to be set right by a good king. But it also connects us actually to a better sense of who we really are. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Magician's Nephew, a a boy and a girl are whisked away from a flat in London to to the time when Aslan, the the lion, creates Narnia. They go way to the beginning of things, and, and they're there as Aslan speaks sings, actually, everything into existence where it hadn't existed before. And, and then after Aslan finishes creating all of Narnia, he gives some animals the power of speech, including a horse that they had accidentally brought with them from England, right? So the horse is eating some grass at, in one scene, and the children realize that they, too, are hungry. And the boy says, well, I do think someone might have arranged about our meals, I'm sure Aslan would have if you'd asked him, says the horse. Wouldn't he know without being asked, asked the girl? I've no doubt he would, said the horse, still with his mouth full. But I have a sort of idea that he likes to be asked. Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. You can ask for the things that you need. When we pray, we put ourselves in a position of need. (laughs) We need things. We also want things. Like most children, it's sometimes hard for us to tell the difference, actually. Augustine said that this prayer for bread actually has the power to teach us the difference, to know what our needs actually are. We pray, as one commentator put it, for daily bread, not daily lobster. Or maybe I should say lobster. Anyway. 
And in praying for our bread, we we find that we are not only asking for the things that we need individually, but we are also being connected to our wider community and its needs for breads and our our wider country and its need for food. Because, Because we need bread, we know that there needs to be peace. And if there's going to be peace, there has to be good laws. And so we find that we're praying for people we don't even know far away simply because they need the same thing that we do. And praying for our bread makes us realize that we share a lot in common with everybody else, that they are hungry too. And if bread is something we all need, well, maybe forgiveness is too. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Henry Nouwen uh, was a priest um, who fell in love with Rembrandt's masterpiece of forgiveness, The Return of the Prodigal Son. In fact, he became so captivated by Rembrandt's painting of that famous story that Jesus told that he wrote a book about it. <laughs> Nouwen, in his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son, tells us that he first fell in love with his painting when he happened to see a cheap poster print taped to the office door of a colleague. He had gone to a meeting, and, and then he, it struck him. He'd never seen it before. And all through the meeting, he kept looking at this print on the wall, and he was not paying any attention to what his colleague was saying until finally he asked, I have to know, what is that? Right? And his colleague told him. And as the story unfolds, now one actually gets a chance to go to St. Petersburg, Russia, where the original uh, Rembrandt is on display. And for three hours on an afternoon, he sat in front of this painting all by himself in a plush red chair, and he just looked at it. Well, after spending all of that time in front of this eight-foot-wide portrait of forgiveness, this larger-than-life depiction of mercy, he went to leave. There happened to be a Russian military guard stationed there in the room, and and during the course of their time together, uh, he had given Nowen some trouble about where he was sitting or trying to move his chair and other things. They had a language barrier that didn't really help things. It never does, right? But Nowen says, when I left the painting, I walked up to the young guard and I tried to to express to him, thank you for putting up with me this whole afternoon. And as I looked into his eyes, under the large Russian cap, I saw a man like myself, afraid and with a great desire to be forgiven. Wow. All that from a painting. Imagine what the story itself could do. Friends, do you long to know that everything you have in life is charged with the gift-giving presence of God who loves you? Do you long to be genuinely joyful and at rest? Do you want to be able to heal from wounds and help others heal too? Jesus says, pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. This prayer shines a light on our deepest needs, revealing them to us. And it also shines a light out in a dark and dangerous world. Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Right? To pray these words is to understand that you and I, we are not the spiritual hero of the story. 
Jesus does not teach us to pray, empower me to overcome all injustice. Nor does he teach us to pray, empower me to conquer all of my own personal sins. We do not pray, Lord, make me victorious so I can slay all my enemies. We pray a much more sober view of our own strength. So to pray this prayer is to find that that the world itself is in the grip of evil that is beyond management or reform. And to pray this prayer is to find that the only way to be free of the evil that also grips us is to be gripped by something greater and more powerful. Friends, are you longing for a way to get free of sins that you can't manage? Are you looking for a way to hope in the face of an endlessly violent world? Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. Father, snatch us away from the power of the evil one. And all this comes to us through the gift of these simple words that Jesus gives us that we teach to children and that maybe we memorized when we were one too. Ruth Haley Barton is a, is a spiritual director and a Christian thinker. In one of her books, she made this offhanded observation, which has stuck with me. She noticed that often we come to God with very complicated requests. We come with log-jammed emotions and distractions. We come burdened and harried and hunted. We come angry, seeking revenge. We come thinking we are the hero of the story. We come with so much. But beneath all the noise and the words, the thing that our soul really wants to say, what our soul hungers for, is actually quite simple to call God Father and know that He really is, to know that things in our lives and in this world will not always be this way, to trust that we will find that we have been given what we need today, to be released from a debt that we couldn't pay, and to be able to release others from theirs to be led safely through a dangerous world, to know that wherever we are going today, we are in fact walking toward a kingdom that is even now coming toward us. And if you should find that all of a sudden you are craving something that you could not find even though you looked all week, if suddenly you have this sense, an urge to hope when you thought that it had all but shriveled up inside of you, if you would like to share a meal that you didn't prepare and you cannot afford, then friends, I have very good news for you. You've come to the right place. When you pray, pray like this. For Jesus, who gave us this prayer, gave also his life so that we could pray like this. He was sent from the Father to reveal God's name to show us what things set right looks like here in our world, to be spiritual bread broken for us, to carry our debts and pay them for us. Jesus was led into trial and temptation. He battled Satan before we even could recognize his presence. 
friends, and Jesus was not delivered so that we could be. So when you pray, pray like this. Pray like, well, like children who have been snatched from evil, who are being fed with good things, children who know to, to call God Father. And come and eat, for everything is ready. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you are the biggest and the strongest. You always know what the right thing to do is. There's so much we don't understand and so much we have to learn. And you teach us. So would you come, Jesus? You gave us these words. Would you please teach them what it means when we say them? Would you please open our eyes to how these simple words connect to the things that we hunger for most deeply? And would you get us ready to come to the meal that you made for us? Amen. Friends, would you stand? Let's respond to God together. Let's sing, Behold the, Lord, the Lamb.
Friends, you may be seated. There's a place in the Gospel of John where Jesus describes himself as a number of different strange things. He describes himself as water, as light, a shepherd, and also a door. He said, I am the door, and what he meant is not literally he is a door. He meant that he is the way in to life with God, and the door is open, and he has done everything that needs to be done and for us to be able to come in and join him. We get to hear this story together when we come to church, and sometimes we also get to taste that story too. And so today, we get to have communion together. That's when we have special Jesus bread and Jesus juice. And on your way in, hopefully you received one of these. I know it doesn't look like much, it's just a little wafer, and it's just a little bit of juice, but what we are eating and drinking is not just a piece of bread, and a, piece, uh, a little bit of grape juice. In the presence of God and by his spirit, we are actually eating a great big meal of faith and trust in Jesus, right? So we'll get to do this together, and we're gonna do this by praying and saying some words, and then I'll invite you, I'll ask you to open the top. So we'll do that in just a second. But first, let's pray. So friends, the Lord be with you. Together we say, and also with you. Set your hope on God. Trust him with our whole heart. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Friends, this is the table of the Lord. He invites all who love him and trust him and in him alone for their salvation to sit with him and to share this joyful feast. Together. Thank you to God for this meal and for saving us today and always. We thank you, God, creator of all. You gave us life and loved us before we even knew you. We thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ. His death freed us from sin. His resurrection gives us new life. His return will bring us to live in God's house forever. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit make this bread and cup a holy meal of faith. Amen. Why do we come to this table? We come to this table because Jesus invited us here. To remember him, Jesus tells us to eat this bread and to drink this cup in true faith and to keep doing this until he comes back. In this meal, God tells us that our sins have been completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. On the cross, Jesus' body was broken and Jesus' blood was shed. God also tells us that the Holy Spirit makes us one with Christ and through Jesus, one with all other Christians. Let us all together, young and old, familiar and new, remember the story of how this meal began. The night before Jesus was arrested, he was eating with his disciples. Like always, he took some bread, and he thanked God, and he broke it. He gave it to them, and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat this and remember me. When they finished eating, Jesus took a cup, and he gave thanks to God for it, and then he gave it to them, and he said, this cup 
This cup makes you sons and daughters in my blood. Drink this and remember me. So now following Jesus' example and his command, we take this bread and this cup, the ordinary things of the world which Christ made special. And so even today when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we remember Jesus' death until he comes again. Let's say together, what faith do we declare at this table together? Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Breaking this bread is how we share in the body of Christ. This cup for which we give thanks is how we share in the blood of Christ. So friends, come, for all is ready. And these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? Loving God, you made this world marvelous for us to enjoy. You gave us Jesus to be our Savior, Lord, and friend, and to bring us to you. You send your Holy Spirit to make us one family in Christ. Through your goodness, we have this bread and wine to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of this bread. And through your word, may we know the power of your salvation. We celebrate because Jesus shared his life with his disciples and shared it with the church in the past and shares it with us now. So make us one in Christ and one with each other through this meal. Amen. Friends, would you go ahead and open the top of your container? It's a two-part lid, so it's a bit tricky. If you find you're having trouble, you can ask a big person or your neighbor to help you. Brothers and sisters, take, eat, remember, and believe that the body of our Savior, Jesus Christ, was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. When you're ready, go ahead and open the uh, second lid, if you will. Ready. Brothers and sisters, take, drink, remember, and believe that the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. We should say thank you. Let's do that together. For your amazing sacrifice that has made us clean and forgiven and free, we thank you, Jesus. For this bread and wine that helps us remember your amazing love for us. For making us part of your body, the church. For blessing us so that we can bless others in the world. Amen. God speaks to us, we respond. Sometimes we do that with words. 
we also get to do that with actions. Part of the way that we tell God, I trust you, is by giving some of the money that he's given to us for the work of his church. And so, although we aren't passing baskets, now is a time when we would have a chance to respond to God together by giving some of what he's given to us, both for the work of our congregation here, but also for other ministries that support, that we support, whom we support. You can continue to do that online or at the box in the front or by dropping your checks off during the week. Okay. Friends, would you rise in body or in spirit? The God who has gathered us here this morning has a blessing for you. If you would, I'd invite you to open your hands, turn up your eyes, and receive it. Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's go singing. Christ's peace this week and have a great week.